Hello, Gooped. I am currently in my closet at my parents' house because this is the quietest place I can record. But it's also really nice in here, so I might teleport this closet back to Bellingham with me and start doing episodes there because I feel like the sound is really nice and crisp. But anyways, let's get into the episode. Before we start, um, I want let everyone know that I do have a Patreon, um, Gooped Goodies, and you can pledge and support, and I do drop bonus content on there, and it's also a place where you can interact more directly with me, or you can interact with me on my Instagram, um, the Gooped, G-O-O-P underscore E-D on, yeah, Instagram. I think I already said that I'm all over the place today, but that is okay. So, I kind of wanted to hop on today and talk about mental health and productivity, because those are two things I've really been struggling with during the quarantine and my whole life, basically. And I don't know, I kind of just wanted to have a conversation with everyone who is listening and just kind of do a little check-in and see how we're doing. And then at the end, I'm going to pull a reflex card because I did really like the DMs I got last time I did this and I want to know more about y'all so that will be at the end mental health so my relationship to mental health is really interesting um i didn't get an official diagnosis for anything until i was 19 20 years old um but i can for as long as i can remember i've been an incredibly sad person and um, it's really interesting because I really did think that was normal and that was my lot in life. I thought that it was my, <laughs> that was the best it was going to get. And so I really thought that was what happiness was. I thought it was just kind of like, oh, well, happiness is like being a little less sad for a period of time versus the normal soul-crushing existential dread that I would feel all the time. Um, my earliest instance of being sad was probably when I was hmm, maybe eight, nine is the earliest I can remember. I was in the fourth grade. So I guess I was nine. I was nine years old. I was in the fourth grade and I wrote a note to my teacher um and I basically I never gave my teacher this note mind y'all I I mean maybe I should have I don't know like what would be different if I had but I never gave it to him I like chickened out that day but I'd written about not wanting to live anymore and it wasn't so much that I wanted to die but I was just very tired of living and I couldn't quite understand why that was I just knew that that was and looking back obviously with what I remember of my childhood um which is not much I <laughs> which well I'll get into later about the memory effects but what I remember is I was very picked on my entire life um and it wasn't until I got to college maybe that I f was finally in a place where people didn't have like some shit to talk on me 
in any capacity. And I think that's just because there's more people and I could curate my friend. That's not even true. That did happen to me my freshman year of college. Um, sophomore, so it wasn't until sophomore year of college that I really felt like I stepped into my power in a way or I felt like a person worth liking. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I was in preschool, these neighborhood kids like spit on the ground and like forced my hand into it. They were like all older. Um, it was this house of foster kids. So I guess I never, I don't think I ever told my mom either when I was little, I just like ran home and like washed my hand and then like ignored it. Uh, cause I just didn't feel like it was my place to go around getting people in trouble. And I just, I mean, on some level, I think I knew that they weren't living with their parents and I really love my parents. And so I was just kind of like, you know what? We're both in a struggle right now. No big deal. And then when I moved, when we moved into our first house, when I was around like six years old, six, seven years old, um, the neighborhood, there was this one house of kids in the neighborhood that were like, they were super popular and older popular neighborhood kids but they were and they didn't like me at all they liked my sister but not me and so I was largely excluded from those play dynamics which really got my quitter attitude in full force because I would just not be able to take it I never knew I always tried to like hang with the kids but then they just for some reason they were like you can't hang out with us but your younger sister can and they no explanation they just liked her better and so I just internalized a lot of these things and in first grade this girl like made a lot of comments about my appearance because I was going to like a primarily white institution that was my elementary school but really I was like the only black kid at my school as far as I can remember so there wasn't other people like me and it is no coincidence that the girl who did come at me sideways like that was very blonde. Like she, she was one of those like Scandinavian blondes. Like her hair was white as a piece of paper and like Christian, which is like a whole other thing. The church is a big deal in Bothell for some reason. I don't know why everyone went to church. All terrible people. But yeah, so the kids would pick on me for like anything, like my hair, um, my food, my mom would pack me. That was fine. I ate good cheese and they were like, your lunch smells. And I was like, okay, well then go eat your PB&J. I'm out here eating gourmet. Like, I don't have time for this. But I did have time for it. I had the time mom to stop packing me certain lunches. So, and looking back, I regret that. I wish I just kept eating my mom lunches. They were so good. So European. I think, shout out mom for making a European lunch for me. Um, in second grade, I just like wasn't really well liked at all. Uh, third grade, same thing. Fourth grade, same thing. And I had a teacher that was very cruel to me in the third grade. Um, my first language is French, and so I would call my parents and speak French on the phone. And I would get off the phone after speaking French to my mom, and then she would just, like, get on me about being, like, a rude and disrespectful kid. But she never spoke French, and my mom would come, and she, like, wouldn't be upset. But my teacher would talk to her and be like, why aren't you more angry? And it was just, like someone from the in a position of power over me at a young age not understanding like a different language oh my god a fuck she was from ellensburg oh so i'm gonna say and it showed not understanding a certain dynamic which is just a different language 
and then just berating me about it from like her perspective as a white English speaking useless I'm sorry I'm going to go in on her because she sucked like she really had it out for me and my sister later like went through the same school two years younger and she was the same to her and it was really weird because we would just but at that point we already knew we're like this woman is I think a racist I mean I don't think I know she was um and a liar she was very very weird like but I'm glad my parents like had my back on this because there's like that's just not my daughter um I remember one time okay this is kind of a side note but same lady one time she gave me we have these slips like gold slips blue slips and purple slips and the blue slip was if you missed one assignment and purple slip was if you did like none of your homework and it was like a a bad mark on your record I had the flu and she gave me a purple slip and would not let me make it up and I had and that's the only purple slip I ever got I always had gold slips and she was just like no you should have done your homework and I was like I was yakking but okay and no and it happened to like no one else like it and she ah wow thinking about her makes me like so upset um but yeah and so I I think in my little third grade mind I was like me just being and trying to communicate myself like in a way I understand and talking to people is just a bad thing um because I didn't have the nuance yet to understand like oh she's just out of order like you are talking to your mom your mom is fine you are fine irrelevant and my mom did talk to me after but it was like whatever it was just really weird and I I internalized that too and then in fourth grade this <laughs> there's just so much basically like trash in fifth grade I've had these I made these friends finally in elementary school but then this new girl came in the fifth grade hated me um but she was also she was Indian and so she came to school and we we're like the only brown girls at in our grade and so I do kind of understand like the feeling of direct competition that might have been there and fostered these attitudes but like basically successfully like ousted me from my friend group and invited me to sleep over and I think it was a campaign to make me feel bad but they would call me all the time like tell me these things and be like everyone thinks you're a lesbian everyone hates you oh we're having a party we wouldn't invite you but like these people there don't like you we're not gonna tell you who so that was a doozy a shit show really and I would just like vibe and that's when I decided to like go full band kid so I got into music and I started kind of like withdrawing a lot more. And then in seventh grade, this is not, I blame myself for this. In seventh grade, I threw a party, but, and they were my only friends. So I hadn't really like mingled with the other middle school kids. Um, and then I invited one other girl that I love, Talia. Um, shout out Talia. And yeah, all the other girls made excuses. And I found out later they all hung out the same day anyways. Um, but Talia showed up and we had a great time. I watched Cross Universe for the first time, a movie that I love. But I think... From that point on, I kind of just accepted the fact that I was never going to have friends. I was never going to be liked. And there was like nothing that I really could do. People just were not going to like me and they largely were not going to understand me. And I kind of just carried that with me as an armor up until up through high school, really. Um, And I was, I will, this is what I will say about me in high school is that I was really mean and not unprovoked but like internally like I just didn't really believe have faith in people I did not like a lot of people and for reasons I couldn't explain looking back though 
Looking back though, Bothell is basically just like very conservative, but like people have a ton of money so they can like cosplay. Like it's just not as, um, it's just not what you would think would be a stereotypical conservative place. And that's on me. That's, and that's a, a perception that I had and finally was like, when I got to college, it's like, oh, none of you guys are liberal. Like, we had kids that would drive their trucks with the, the whole Confederate flag to school all the time. And that was just so normalized. I really, like, didn't see an issue with it. I was like, that's just what people do. But that's Bothell for you. Very, very white. Very, very, like, unaware. Very difficult place to grow up. Being black, being a woman, and then my parents are not from the States. So they had a completely different experience than I did. So it was like no really relating there. And so I was stuck in this middle spot of like, I guess this is just like what life is. Like it just is sucky. Um, so yeah, like I said, first instance I can remember being sad was probably when I was like eight, nine years old. Wrote a note and I was like, I don't, like living seems to be like a scam. I don't want to do it anymore. And then depression hit full force honestly probably when I was like 12 but I didn't really I didn't see it didn't affect my life negatively until I was about 14 and then I basically just like did so poorly in high school was like just so unwell but I was in band and I was in choir and I did theater and I loved art so I did a lot of art which really got me through and like it was good to like just work on things um, but theater also kind of crushed my spirit because we do productions and there was never really shows that I could do. My friend Preston and I were like the only black kids who so would joke like that we weren't even supposed to exist because all the shows we would do were like set, we did Sound of Music in Nazi Germany so like that's unrealistic. Then we did like, um, we did Shakespeare and then we're like this is also unrealistic that they're never gonna sit, they're never gonna give us like, a good spot here and then the guys and dolls which is like set in like i don't know 50s and that was unrealistic that we'd even be in the show as anything and so it was just like a lot of that and then i had a horrible band prof but there's a weird like bro culture in music programs i think especially in high school like there's just i feel like some well he's a trombone player i don't know if that means anything to you but in my mind like trombone players that have power in my experience just like really get off on making everyone else feel so bad i remember this kid played the trombone this is like kind of unrelated pretty unrelated but i remember he like came into the band room and i was just chilling there and i'd been there for like, hours and like yelled at me for being in there and making noise and i was like bitch you showed up after me but i was like okay and i left and like went to the piano lab and like made my garage band beats and it was whatever but yeah it wasn't until I got to college that I realized that all these things did have an effect on me and that I wasn't I didn't have to like suck everything up and I wasn't what I used to call I used to call myself a poison cupcake um and I was like cupcakes look really really good and you want to eat them and I was like and you'll eat it and it will taste good but it's going to kill you and that's really how I perceive myself and how I just carried myself I was like yeah we might have fun right now but like sooner or later like we will not be friends and I know this and I would and I held that so close to my chest 
And I would even tell people, like, I would warn people off of being my friend. I was like, you don't want anything to do with me. And, um, yeah, when I went to college, I, when I came up to, when I went to university, I ended up struggling with really severe anxiety. Um, and so I wouldn't leave my dorm for like weeks on end. I would just, like, I wouldn't go to class. I would try to, I had a roommate luckily that was never really around. She was always with her boyfriend. And then she's like moved out like spring quarter. So that was sick. But I would, um, I would just stay in my dorm and I would like go to leave and like put my hand on the doorknob and like I just would not be able to open it. And it was really, really hard. And luckily I had a kitchen in my dorm, Club in Buchanan Towers. And so I made my food and I just stayed inside. And I did try to make friends with people on my floor, but then, um, yeah, again, like, they just didn't really like me, and I didn't understand why. At an exchange, she didn't say I was very rough around the edges when he described me, which was, he was like, you're just very straightforward, very rough. And I was like, okay, so am I straightforward or am I rough? Which was horrible. And then, like, the two other girls, like, very small, petite, like, delicate girls, he was like, you guys are just so, like, gentle and so whatever. And I was like, okay, like, I kind of see a trend here. Um, And then, yeah, it was just really easy for people to throw me under the bus and like put words into my mouth and like for me to really just internalize that and I think also though I wasn't the best friend to have because I did really struggle with opening up I had a hard time being vulnerable with people I was incredibly depressed um not doing well I had no less than three mental breakdowns my freshman year of college like full-on sent me to hospital mental breakdowns and I would just not talk about them. Like, I would come back and I would just, I was just like, I'm fine. And then withdraw more. Um, sorry, I'm going to say I'm a lot this episode because this is a, kind of a difficult topic. But I want to kind of give a background on mental health and also mental health for, like, a black woman. It's just so hard. Like, this is kind of, like, what you carry. Women of color in general, like, this is kind of, like, the experience you're put through in these predominantly white spaces um honestly what saved my life was race and ethnic relations (laughs) with glenn because i took that winter quarter my freshman year and that opened my eyes and it was it put my whole entire life into perspective and it made it so easy for me to see like why it was so easy for people to automatically assume like the worst about me automatically assume that i'm a horrible person and just really err on the side of white people but white women especially have proven to be my nemesis time and time again um and not always but i mean a lot it is largely a lot of people that i think whether or not they realize expected me to put their problems first um but basically, that's a very light, very light overview of kind of where my life, like what I come, what I bring to the table as a, f- a person. And obviously, like doing the therapy thing, did the medication thing, quit medication because I it did what I needed to do. And I have like gave me the time to learn coping skills and therapy. And so now I'm doing much, much, much better. And I'm able to be more rational with irrational emotions and just accept and understand that you know what like this is the world I live in but 
is not inherently my lot in life to suffer, but I do also believe that I'm more of a baseline sadder person. I think I'm just not even sadder, but I'm just my baseline is a little more hmm, like on a scale of black to white, like a little more gray. I think I'm just like more gray. And I don't really see anything wrong with that. And I might be proven wrong in the future, but that is kind of what I think. So that is kind of, that is pre-now. So mental health is super duper nuanced. I did not expect to like go into my whole backstory, so I'm gathering the pieces of what I can remember. I even said, but mental health is super duper nuanced. And so with all of this knowledge, all of this background coming into May, June of this year, 2020, um, it's a lot of things happened again in hyperspeed. Like a lot of the similar cycles that made a lot of friendships difficult for me, elementary, middle and high school just happened. But in the span of like weeks, like the whole cycle. And then I was like, okay, friendship over. But I know I had a friend, one of my best friends, um, no longer, but one of my best friends of like years, uh, got upset at me for not asking her about her getting her new car. And this was in July and not texting her about a song she'd written and I had, and she'd forgotten. So that was a very interesting part of the argument too. I was just like, can you please like scroll up like five messages? Cause I did ask and she's like, oh, sorry, that's my bad. But then continue to stay mad about that when I was like, but we just proved you wrong. But anyways, when I explained what was going on and I was saying like, this is very hard on me. What's happening in the world is very difficult. And I don't have like the emotional space right now to dedicate to focusing on many things and especially things like you getting a car because I mean that's sick that's awesome but right now I'm you know like I'm just sit in my room like and I just feel like this incredible weight incredible pressure and like such anxiety in my life and I and I do check up and I had been trying to call just to talk about like anything unrelated um but yeah, like to be told I'm a terrible friend for expressing my emotional capabilities in time um, was a really interesting thing. And it was really interesting to notice this, like the self-victimization that happened on her end. And even after I apologized and asserted my boundaries, I was like, this is kind of like where I'm at. I need to take some time to heal and like just not really gonna be on my phone much. I hate like being on my phone kind of sucks in this time and my relationship to a lot of things are different and I'm sorry like I'm I'm just trying to check and make sure I'm not gonna like die maybe and I just don't have time to say like congrats on the car. It was really really interesting and then also like to have um other friends these are like white men in my life um not really understand the dynamics of a relationship because we are so diametrically opposed that like to just say well no you're just very mean to me and for me to be like well you have to understand as a black woman that our existences are almost in direct opposition and that when I bring things up or call 
you on being problematic. It's not because I hate you, but it's because I'm just going to be the only person in the sea of white friends that you have that is going to see certain things and know that certain things are inherently wrong. But anyways, there's a lot of people in my life that I have cut out because of that. But it's still very, very hard to not be sad about it. Like, I've been incredibly sad about it since. I mean, what is it? Like, it's almost November. It's been months. I'm still sad. I still think about these people. I still cry about these people. Um, And the door is still open to them, I think. But it's just... It's very, very difficult. And it's very hard to feel that my mental health is disregarded so completely and then it even sucks more knowing that so many other people go through this and so many people on different scales mental health just is not appreciated and speaking about where you're at mentally is not understood or respected or protected like our minds are really all we have and an unhealthy mind will not a healthy person make but it's hard to find space to nurse yourself back to health and to make yourself feel good and especially not during the pandemic which is a whole other level of like i'm unraveling and like we're all just unraveling it is just it's just been hard. It's been really hard. So, I mean, I don't really blame anyone. I feel like there's a lot of just big shit going on. Like, I, like we're just pawns at this point, I think, in bigger dynamics where it's come to a boiling point of, like, there's been these overarching themes in the lives of people for hundreds of years, but now it's at a point where these, it's, these structures will no longer work. And so now it's kind of on us to weather the internal storm and to figure out what, how exactly we want to cope and how we want to survive this and how we want to move forward and all of that. And all that being said, I guess I just wanted to talk a little bit about what I've been doing lately to kind of help myself, what I've noticed my friends have been doing lately to help themselves and just kind of hopefully offer some helpful tidbits of advice that can make you feel a bit better and maybe help you feel less tossed about by the waves of chaos and all that going on in the world. You know what I mean? So... Oh, and this is also kind of where the productivity will come in a little bit because I think it is very hard to take care of ourselves mentally and still have this underlying feeling of I need to be productive. And the first thing I kind of want to talk about is rest. Obviously, rest is is a very big privilege. Um, and the ability I have to rest and... The amount of rest I've been afforded in these past two months, especially with breaking my ankle and not being able to do a lot of what I used to do and would consider like relaxing, but really being forced to sit and just to sit and basically just like enjoy it has been 
has really changed my perspective on a lot. Um, what I've learned about resting is that it's not scrolling my phone and watching videos. And as much as I love it, watching Vanderpump Rules it is not resting. And it wasn't until I got really bored of scrolling my phone because <laughs> I would sit for so long and would just turn it off and just sit and I would scribble a lot just kind of grab a pencil and just kind of just scribble or I just like zen out and move, let my hands do what they do and then later like find a drawing in there and color it in but just doing something that is so interpretive and there is no rules made me realize a wow creativity is like a muscle it is very hard to be creative and to feel creative especially when going through school i mean i didn't really read for fun ever always had work to do and when it came time to like do weekends it was always oh, i, I want to catch up with my friends and i want to like catch up on the show so we can talk about this show and that's on me obviously but there's just so much i had to do that even rest time was I was doing things that I consider fun, but in such a scheduled way that it felt like a chore. And so resting just honestly for like 15 minutes, even I just lay down on the ground or lay in my bed and just stare into space and just let my mind, you know, something for my mind to really just basically like explore and relax i think of it like a mental massage i used to imagine if like these big fingers massaging my brain and then i'm just like ah, and i feel kind of like a puppet in the best way just so i just waiting to be animated like an animatronic like splash mountain you know those like really creepy animals just like a, a turned off animatronic and just head empty. Really, I've taken head empty to heart. I try to have minimal thoughts. I'm nowhere near succeeding, but every day I try to have minimal thoughts. Another thing that has helped with my mental health is tackling my relationship to produ uh, production and being productive. It was, I thought I kind of had a clue at the beginning of quarantine um because there's a lot of stuff I'd wanted to do but I hadn't been able to do because I was going out places but now we're hitting month eight and uh you know and it's, it's fall now and it's just so easy to look out the window and then get sad because it's dark outside all the time and so my will to do anything out of bed has been so low and because of that you know you're kind of just like oh man i'm like wasting my life away and like i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing i should be grinding to do what i don't know and just this constant narrative in my head of you didn't you should be doing something you should be doing something but it's like what should i be doing what i want to be doing is nothing and so just on some days when I have the time and the ability, I just let myself do nothing. Luckily, I live with like amazing roommates. Um, and 
so I don't feel the need to explain like, hey, I'm just gonna be in my room. I just go to my room and I just vibe. And by vibe, I really mean I don't do anything. Like I might look at my phone for a couple minutes and then I'll just stare at the wall for a couple minutes. Um, and I'll journal for a little bit, but I just try to do what I want to do. And anytime it's like, oh, I should do this and I should do that. I really question why I'm doing it. And if it's like, I should eat, then it's like, yeah, if I'm hungry, I will go eat. But if I'm not hungry and it's just like, oh, this is the clock and it's lunchtime. I'm just like, don't worry about it then. Like you're not hungry. The clock says, but I mean, you woke up an hour ago. So it makes sense that you might not be hungry at lunchtime because you just you just woke up, you know? Like, that's just not in the cards for you right now, and you can do it later. Um, but really just taking days to listen to my body and just do what I need, like... And I and focus on the basics of, like, hungry, eat, thirsty, drink water, gotta pee, go pee... And those are the only things I really try and do. And then everything else is things I want to do and things that bring me joy. So that could be reading or playing music, um, listening to music or making it, um, doing art, cleaning my room. Cleaning my room is a big one. That also helps a lot with my mental health. Um... Cause I don't know about you, but for me at least, when my room is dirty, my mind is, I just can't think straight. I really can't think when there's a lot of stuff around me, and that could also just be my ADHD. Um, but the more stuff there is in a room, like the less I can compute anything and be successful about doing stuff. And I also, there's this wonderful podcast I listened to where this guy on it was said like before you try to inspire anyone to do anything clean your room so that whoever walks through it may be inspired to just go home and clean their space and make their space a wonderful lovely space and so just making sure that the house gets tidied at night that my room gets tidied before I go to sleep that I clean my sheets helps so much because then I don't feel like a gross garbage person which is really interesting it's the vicious downward spiral of like depression is something I have been applying my mind to figuring out because it doesn't it just is not clicking to me um at all another thing is I just got off twitter and instagram the infographics are so helpful well actually I hate infographics and I will be doing an episode on the infographic industrial complex because I think that it is absolutely wackadoodle do. But I just stay off Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is a sad, sad place to be sometimes. It's so funny, but it's so sad. And every time you scroll, it's like a joke. And then it's like, did you know this terrible thing is happening right now? And it's, at least for me, I feel like I've paid my the price. I'm black. I'm a woman. I've done, I did it, you know? And everything I do is above and beyond. And I do that. But I also have to make sure to carve out space to feel like a regular human being. So like getting off the, my social media is mucho helpful. And I just want to post an infographic. I just skip the story sometimes because it's like, I don't. Seeing an infographic, knowing nothing's going to change, honestly makes things worse sometimes. But it's 
you know, it's whatever. I just have to make sure I interact with things that in a healthy way. And if I go online and I start getting upset at people for posting their opinion, then maybe it's just a sign that like I shouldn't be online right now. And I really, truly listen to myself on that. Also, another big thing that's helped is sleeping when I'm tired. I sleep when I'm tired. Um, and I go to bed at night when I'm tired and I don't scroll my phone. And I just sleep. I sleep as much as I need. And you know what? I believe in the wintertime anyways. Day should be 12 hours. Um, only. I think a full day should be only 12 hours. And that's that. There's not that much sun anyways that like I don't see why I need to be awake for 24 full hours. 18 of those are going to be dark. That just does not sound like a good vibe to me. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know if any of this is going to be helpful to anyone. I think I just had a lot on my chest and was kind of putting stuff out into the void to see if anyone else feels this way, has felt this way. But I also want your guys' advice, and I want to know what you guys do to help yourselves out in this time. I been I bake a lot, um because it makes me feel like I'm doing math, but then also it tastes really good after, so that makes me really happy. Um, cooking elaborate meals is a really good way to kill time. It takes like three hours and you can like, when you're done, you eat and then you go to bed. That's a good one too. And puzzling. I don't know, I like to do a lot of mind numbing, or not mind numbing, but things where I can just kinda really focus myself on one task and one task only. That being said, I think the greatest cure for my mental health and productivity lately has been Vanderpump Rules. Let me know in the comments down below if you would appreciate a full-on recap podcast dedicated to Vanderpump Rules because I think I'm going to finish the entire series probably in the next two weeks tops. And And we need to be talking about this. We need to be talking about Vanderpump Rules. I might post it on my Patreon, but we need to be talking about Van. It, it is just a bunch of... It's a group of the worst people I've ever met in my entire life. But every episode, the person I think is sucks the most changes. And it just keeps reeling me in. And reeling me in. And reeling me in to just to see like, wow, this is a friend group of just white people unchecked, unleashed they're unleashed in their whiteness and it's, it's beautiful so irritating yet so beautiful so let me know i might just i can become a dedicated bravo recap podcast who knows we shall see this one was a little tangent tangential i am still off my meds as you know but i guess i just kind of wanted to share inside my mind just so you kind of know like who the host is what's going on and like why I am the way I am kind of in future episodes also this will probably be the last episode I do without a guest forever because Greer and I have a ton of episodes we want to do together and I think I just I'm gonna bring her on board and do this podcast with her and then um there's also a couple other people that I have slated to talk to and so i'm really excited to get into just the conversational aspect of gooped more i feel that i've done my part and that 
everyone here who listens knows a little bit more about me. Um, but also, I don't know if people have questions. I guess I could do like a Q&A episode, but I don't really see that being a thing for a hot sec. Now, I'm going to pull a reflex card, answer it, and then I'm going to like put the question out there to y'all. And we shall see. One sec. I have, I'm being called. Okay, this is a good one. It says, if you accidentally killed someone, would you turn yourself in? Um, ooh. Um, ooh. No. I don't know, though. I, uh, I already feel, no, well, it was an accident. It. I want to say it depends on who it was, but... I mean, no, I wouldn't. I think I would just really, really eternal sunshine myself. I would just really, like, I would do some hypnosis. I would dispel the memory. But, okay. See, the thing... Uh, Like, how? I also, the question is, like, how that happened. Like, if I hit someone with my car, you know, I could take a vehicular manslaughter charge. I would, I could do that. I mean, and it is my fault. I should be more careful. Um, But if it's like a white man, I really am not going to give up the rest of my life for a white man. I already have given up my life for the white man. Um, But like, also is it like, am I arguing with someone and it's like just us and everyone knows that they've been at my house and then they wind, wind up dead and then it's like, okay, well, we know it was you and I'm not, I've seen enough crime TV to know like that is never going to work out for me and I'm going to break. Um, I think if I, I guess actually no, if I accidentally killed someone, I would just, I would just call the, I would call the police first, I think, and just explain it. I would, would I though? I would like to think in an ideal world I could call, explain it, and then you'd be like, oh, okay, like, it was an accident. And all signs point to it was an accident. But this makes me think that I kind of want to install, like, security tapes all over my house now. Just in case that were to happen in my home. And I could be like, well, let me just turn over the footage to, to you so you could see it was an accident. But also, how do you accidentally kill... That's not even... I just don't believe that anyone will believe that it was an accident and so i wouldn't want to even put myself out there for it to be an act like i wouldn't even want to put it out there that i did that but like because i feel like at that point it's between me and god you know it's between me and the lord and he knows my heart and it was an accident and so it was an accident it also depends like if i was rich yeah i would get myself turn myself in and then just pay pay my way out but like me but i wouldn't be rich it's like me right now, a brokey, if I accidentally killed someone. No, I don't think I would. I think I would keep it a secret. But I also don't want to keep it a secret because I know it would it would eat away at me. It would eat away at my soul. Forever. I mean, isn't that essentially like how you make a horror crux? You kill someone and then you're like, a soul shard is missing and it's because you killed someone? I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I think I would just like disappear to the the night but to go where it'd be so sus they would know yeah i just need more i need another circumstances of this death 
like if I, someone drive my car and I know it's a, it's bad well no I just I don't I don't really see any any option panning out really well I think it's a trap either way so I I think I would just um because then what if I get caught later what they're not gonna believe it was an accident then and what kind of accident like someone's really allergic to peanuts and I accidentally put peanuts in something but I mean like that's on them for eating my food right but that doesn't matter but also like that is on them I should is it though or is it on me I would say BYO bring your own food bring your own meal you got like I can't keep teaching this to you the hard way I mean obviously they learned the hard way but that was horrible that was really really horrible I do not like that question but yes guys I want to know from you now if you accidentally killed someone would you turn yourself in yes or no and on that note I think I'm going to journal a little bit and decompress a little bit more from that whole subject matter of the episode but like if anyone has any questions regarding what I spoke about today I would love to follow up and answer a little more and I also hope that maybe this episode gave a little more perspective into me your host and what I bring and why I bring what I bring and just why I choose to be the way I am and hopefully gave more cause for a little more empathy because that would be great and if people want to share their stories like I'm very open to hear and I would love to know like my audience a little bit more um my patreon is gooped goodies you can go support me and get some bonus content um and that bonus content's really fun and it's not always serious and sometimes it is serious but it's just like on i think the last one i did last bonus episode i uploaded was a rant about astrology uh that i had a lot of fun doing um and then my instagram is gooped g double o p underscore ed dm me answer the reflex question all that good stuff consider the patreon operations venmo me it helps me pay my bills um and helps me pay for therapy so yeah thanks for tuning in this week you guys bye bye